we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, but also as well, inside sports, fantasy football. Big weekend for many teams out there in fantasy football. It's the championship games in many weeks so please go ahead and check out our latest inside sports fantasy football where we give you the insight on what you need for your championship game plus also as well joe soros here he has been on the east coast he is looking to go ahead and still be a great part of lakersball.com as ox1947 and go ahead and as well in the new year plan for a new lawn in the southern california area and you can do so with Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet, you know they're not happy right now after a tough Lakers loss. Go and hear it. Go ahead and hear what they have to say at Lakersball.com. You know, as far as Lakerholics.com, of course, as well. Lakerholics.com with the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweets with his five things articles. It is Lakerholics.com. Plus, our good friends, Lakers and Five, Daniel Barry Sports Highlights. You know he's not happy, but go ahead and check out. You can help him out. You can you can help out Daniel Barry Sports Highlights by cheering him up a little bit with a subscribe, with a like. Go ahead and help him out there. Lakers and five, same thing. Also as well, of course, our good friend Empire Jeff TV. He had great success the other night on one of his shows. So I want to go ahead and congratulate him on that. And also as well, of course, our good friends, the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat and Lakers Corner. And John McCallion channel as well. And speaking of helping us out, help out us at the Lakers Fast Break by liking, subscribing, supporting, anything that you can do to help us out, commenting. Even if we're not here and you're not watching us live, please go ahead and share us in the comments and help out helps out all those algorithms, those YouTubeisms, all those isms out there. And it really gets the Lakers Fast Break name out there. And if you could support all that and help us out with all that. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, a not-so-happy birthday was for today, unfortunately, for LeBron James as he went into year 39, a little bit under the weather with a non-COVID illness. Game-time decision, he decided to stick through it. And would would the Lakers be able to give him a birthday present worth its weight in gold with a win tonight against the Timberwolves? They did play tough. They... The much maligned starting lineup, which even myself have questioned Ham for putting out there, did actually the job early on as they were led by 11, but unfortunately could not hold the lead. Various point in times, going back and forth, holding small leads behind by five or six. They could just not keep in front of the Minnesota Timberwolves, partially due to some really poor shooting most of the way up until the fourth quarter. The Lakers were shooting 14% behind the arc and really were struggling until a couple of threes down the stretch by Christian Wood, who came in and gave us a lift with seven points and five rebounds finally in the fourth quarter after struggling early on. Also as well, Austin Reeves struggled pretty much all game long and D'Angelo Russell unfortunately got injured late in the third quarter, trying to take a charge and, We'll see what his status is. He also struggled as well. The bench did not give us what we needed, but it was but it was the starting lineup 
of LeBron James and Anthony Davis that carried us almost to a victory. LeBron James, 10 of 21, not the greatest shooting days, but you know what? Under the weather, you got to expect that. 26 points for him, but Anthony Davis, 33 points, 17 rebounds, eight assists, and two block shots, and four steals. Almost miraculously guided the Lakers to a victory tonight over the Minnesota Timberwolves, but unfortunately, even a much highly speculated two that was should have been a three, in my opinion, didn't help the Lakers enough as the Lakers unfortunately fall with some poor execution down the stretch and they lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves 108 to 106 to go to 17 and 16. And here today to go ahead and talk about today's game, some great panelists indeed. He is out and about out there for the holiday period. It is the man behind. Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Soro and Joe Ox1947. Great to have you here. I'm unmuting you now, my friend. A disappointing loss. Once again, I think some better execution down the stretch and a little bit better three-point shooting. And that's all we could have done. And that's all could have needed to make LeBron's birthday a little bit happier today. Well, I could continue the redundancy of the NBA officiating on how utterly useless and stupid they are, but I don't really want to go on a rant for the next hour because that might not, not that might not be enough. They missed actually. four straight calls they in the are first half. That was terrible. And the, the, the word I've been using lately is abhorrent. Absolutely pathetic display of officiating at its highest level. The, the uh, I mean, being not being able to call a foul on a play is one thing, but not visibly seeing the foot having an area. I mean, you you just zoomed in, didn't you? You zoomed in on that. You can see that there is a separation between a shoe and the line. That's what they do in the NFL. They even get that right. So I'm going to leave that at that. Because really what I want to discuss is I want to discuss the real issue with this team and the real issue with LeBron James. The issue with LeBron James isn't just this year. This has been a career-long issue with him, and it's cost him titles. It's cost him big games in his career. And it's why we, 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 we had talked about this a little bit uh, before the uh, playback had finished, I, I spoke with, with, with uh, Stone about this. And, you know, him being a Laker, it's it's kind of out of line in, in a lot of ways to talk about those type of things. I, I, I generally don't want to talk about it. I really don't care about his Cleveland stint or his Miami stint or his second time in, my, in Cleveland. I don't care about that. I only care about the Lakers side of his career. But I have to, I have to say, that last play, that last call, and it just it's mind-boggling to me how you are in, in a hostile environment, okay? You're in a hostile environment. They just missed a free throw. They basically gave me an opening to make a play. And by the way, you have 1.4 seconds left. The easiest shot in that situation is actually a three-point shot. Yet, you give LeBron the ball in the most awkward setup where he has to turn around and get to the basket with a, a second and a half. Who thought of that? Who thought of that play? And this is the ongoing issue with this damn, I don't even know if you can call it leadership, coaching. I don't know what that is. You 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 make LeBron 
give the ball up to Cam Reddish for a three when you needed a two. You need a three here, and you give it to LeBron at the post where he has to move. He can't shoot at that spot. Who's thinking of this? What what What's going on with your brain when you do that? I don't want to call people I don't know stupid, but that's a stupid play. How do you call that? I don't understand. I want answers. I want answers to that call. Did AD make a mistake? If AD made the mistake, then we need to get on him for that. And if it's LeBron saying, give me the ball in the post, then it's his fault. Like, these are the things that, these are the games. These are the kind of shots. These are the kind of decisions that make you win championships. And I don't, LeBron has won championships and he's had an amazing career, but it should be bigger. And a lot of the reasons why it isn't is because of this. It's because of this. It's because of decisions like this. Not because people didn't like LeBron. Not because LeBron has been doing things to people to, to irritate. It has nothing to do with that. I'm talking about basketball now. Basketball-wise, I've watched enough LeBron James in the last five years to know that he has always had issues at the end of games. And these are the games I'm used to seeing the greatest of all time usually come through. And he doesn't. He doesn't. And I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't go through this entire game and go, everything was bad. It's not. You're playing a very good team. You're playing three really good players on that team with a lot of really good complimentary players. And you stayed in it and you were competitive. And that's all you can ask for when you're playing in these games on the road. But it's these little decisions that don't have to be made that keep happening, and it's like you ruin it. And then, again, it doesn't help that the referees absolutely botch almost every damn game these days. But this is this is your shot to at least get a, a competent shot off with a, with, a, with a second left. But you don't. You don't. You make a stupid call, and you pr- pretty much – Put everything else to the side. All the sec, all that other stuff is secondary. The refs being an idiot, the the defense not being what they are, or whatever, or or D'Angelo Russell being a complete bust. All that stuff went the wayside. Why? Because at the in the end, you had a shot to win this game, and you made the dumbest call again at the end of the game. It's it's just I'm I'm it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting to try to comprehend the intelligence in this. I don't understand. The intelligence in this. You get a good shot off and you miss, that's fine. But you don't even give yourself a shot. And it happens over and over again. Very disappointing indeed. I agree with you on that. It just it's these kind of issues, uh, especially like I said earlier in the first quarter, we had talked about four straight plays, four straight possessions for the Lakers, four straight calls, bad calls or missed calls by the refs. And that, that truly hurts you. That comes back to haunt you indeed. Absolutely. So we saw tonight where it cost the Lakers right there on a shot by LeBron. I'm seeing, I'm retweeting at Lakers fast break, all the footage right there. They're showing you pictures. Mike Trudell and Dave McMenamin are showing you actual pictures of where his foot was. And yeah, they totally blew the call. Uh, but when again, it comes right down to it, there were still things down the stretch. We should have done better. 
also to here today to go ahead and discuss that is also a good man indeed it is stone hansen stone great to have you here saw you go do you know, the chow down and the beer right there chug a lug a lipton there for you but may i ask you this my friend the lakers i still don't know how they lost this game outside of what we saw with the refs because 29 percent shooting uh you know it just they cannot get it done from the outside when they need to but they only got ten, they nine less turnovers than the minnesota timberwolves <sighs> You got to take those opportunities when they come to you, my friend, and they just couldn't get enough done tonight. Yeah, Gerald, if you have a a plus nine on turnovers and you still lose the game, something's gone terribly wrong. Um, Yeah, I mean, like you guys are saying, too, there's things down the stretch, especially with the refereeing that, you know, could have changed things. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't be putting ourselves in a position where we have to rely on those calls. Um, I think they missed the the call as well on that three, but... Uh, that still think, would have only had them lose by one point. Yeah, I, and I think there's mistakes that could have changed the outcome that were within our control. Uh, and it, had we executed those in a different way, I think we could have won this game. So, um, yes, blame the refs, but... At the same time, they're not why we lost this game. I don't think um, we 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 did this to ourselves. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's it's frustrating, especially because it's. I mean, it was tied all the way down the stretch. Uh, we had opportunities. Um, I think LeBron made a a really pivotal mistake when uh, he was guarded by two guys uh, going towards the rim. Instead, pass it to Vando. He cannot hit a layup, especially when two defenders are right there. Uh, he should have taken his chances and gone for a foul or gone for a layup. I think either of those are more probable than Vando making that layup in that situation. Um, we, we had no plays down the stretch out of timeouts. Uh, we The only reason this game was even, even – why that call mattered so much down the stretch was – thanks to a bailout in miraculous pass and miraculous three from AD uh, to get us in a situation where that, that call was pivotal, but um, we, we cannot keep doing this for the rest of this season and expect to go very far. We, we have to be playing better. I mean, that's just what it is. We, we have to be playing better. Uh, if we really want to consider ourselves contenders, um, there has to be better coaching, but we have to be playing better. Our players have to be making smarter decisions. Um, we have to be shooting better than 29%. Um, and for much of it, it was 14% of the game or under 20%. Uh, it, it's, it's not sustainable towards winning a championship playing this way. And you have to be able to say, you know, wishful thinking apart um you have to be able to put that aside and and look at it objectively and say this is not what we have that is going to win us a championship there has to be something that changes because what we have now is is not what it needs to be so i think um a lot of it is adjustments but a lot of it uh is um we have to execute better too it's a combination of both adjustments 
being on the roster and and coaching adjustments, but also execution of the players, uh, I think was lacking tonight. And I think uh, it needs to be more consistent. Um, and I think that's how we win more games going uh, into you know the next calendar year. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Nice. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do unfortunately lose 108 to 106. Remember, tomorrow's game is in New Orleans. It is less than 24 hours away. It is at a 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time start time. So just want to let everybody know. Uh, yes, uh, Luland says another robbery in the NBA before the year ends. Joe, uh, again, yes, you pointed out several times the, the refs, in my opinion as well, missed calls. We saw especially on that th- you know two to three, which should have been a three. But also, again, during the first half, there were several opportunities for them to make the right call and chose not to, just chose to bite the whistle as there were several hacks. You could clearly see on the replays. Those kind of things cost you in the end, but Stone may be right. And in fact, he is right when you say that the the team should have never put themselves where they're dependent on the refs calls in the first place, Joe. Yeah, unfortunately, folks, you have to understand that the Lakers have deficiencies in in talent on this team. You're paying guys like Cam Reddish, the minimum. You're paying guys like uh, uh, Wood, the minimum, uh, a little bit above the minimum. These are these guys are getting paid what they're getting paid to do. Matter of fact, they're probably overpaid, uh, underpaid for what they actually do. So I'm not going to sit here and harp on the talent discrepancy on this team. We already know that. We know that D'Angelo Russell, while I, I use the word bust, I, I didn't mean he's a bust. He's not a bust in the NBA terms, but he's a bust for what we need him here this year. Massive bust. And his contract's the only solace that that we in terms of possibly having something here in the near future to go our way on that and i'll i'll get into that probably on another time but and by the way uh for those of you who who want to come in with some sarcastic talk make sure you the stats that you spew make sure you got the, the right information michael jordan has the most buzzer beaters of all time with nine and kobe is second with eight not lebron james and it doesn't matter if LeBron had 50 game winners before this night. He makes terrible decisions at the end of games. I've seen it for five years. Five years. Okay? You don't believe me? A couple minutes earlier, he had a ball. He had the ball, was full steam ahead, going to the basket. And what does he do? He gives it to, to Van Vanderbilt, knowing he should know that Vanderbilt cannot make a layup to save him, his family, and his neighbor's life, okay? Those are bad decisions, and those are decisions he makes a lot. 
a lot. It doesn't matter if you hit one game winner, okay, and then four bad shots. Okay, to me, that's a bad percentage. Okay, I want an opportunity for that ball to get in there. We don't even see that. That's the problem. That's how I'm going to explain this in English to everyone. It's not that they miss. It's that they don't even get a chance to shoot. You're not even giving yourself a chance to shoot. You're passing it to the quote-unquote right guy. What the hell does that even mean, to the right guy? The right play is making the shot. The right play is the arguably the best player that's ever lived to take the mother effing shot. That's what you're supposed to do. So I don't know how much more evidence, I don't know how many, how, how, how many different ways I got to paint this, paint by numbers. Do I got to be Picasso? What do I got to be for you guys to understand the difference? Grow a brain, okay? I'm not making this up. I don't particularly want to be talking about this. I want to be talking about a Laker win, which it should have been. But sometimes in life, you got to understand, guys, the other people keep you from there, keep you from getting it, right? So the refs all game long kept us from kind of getting some momentum. But at the same time, a lot of it was self-inflicted too. Seven of 24 from three. That, you make two extra threes, and you're still having a terrible game at the three-point line, yet you win the game. You miss seven free throws. You went, You hit a couple, you win the game. Joe, it's they a, were 14%, as I noted, on playback leading into the fourth quarter until we got some threes going from Christian Wood. Yeah, Christian Wood came through. Christian Wood did what he does well. The problem is, we don't know if he, he, he it, it helps on the other end. We don't know. We it, saw it him struggle like, in the first half. Yes, we it, saw it, the it, good it, and the bad. With we have too many tonight. ones. We don't have too many. Uh, we have we have too many singles on this team. Singles, as in guys that do one thing, they don't do the other. That's all they do, and that's where I've kind of I tried to give Darvin Ham a little bit of leeway. That you know maybe that's a problem there. Why he can't do certain things. But I'd like to think that if these guys are professional basketball players and you have somebody like LeBron James who's supposed to be this, uh, I don't know, this uh, Einstein-Newton in terms of his, his, his business, uh, basketball acumen, I'm not seeing it a lot of times, especially when the pressure's tight. Guys, you cannot, you cannot ever look at someone who's tight when it matters and tell me they're the greatest. You can't. Once again, once Hell, again, even it, Shaq, even Shaq, who couldn't hit a free throw, I never saw Shaq cost the Lakers a game at that line. Matter of fact, he always seemed to come up on that. To me, I'm about when it matters. I'm about when it matters. And LeBron James has won championships and had an amazing career because he's so ridiculously talented and dedicated to the game. But he still leaves. He's still going to end up, when it's all said and done, He's still going to have left a lot on the table because of bad decisions at the end of games. This is a game of inches. This is a game of little things. If you watch all the greats, those those games, those little games, those little those just little spots, especially during the end of a game, those are the ones that separate everybody. And we're not getting those. We're not getting those. We're not winning those games, and it's bothering me. It's really, really bothering me. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 108 to 106. Let me ask you this, Stone. AD, another sensational game. It was mentioned in the chat. Another MVP-like performance. 33 points, 17 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, 2 block shots. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this out loud. He has been playing 
at an extremely high level consistently for several weeks now. And this is something we as Lakers fans have been asking for for quite some time. Joe, who at times has been the biggest defender of AD, has even said earlier this season that he was getting frustrated with AD because it was an up and down ride. Well, we've all gotten what we've asked for. He has seen consistently high numbers, double doubles consistently over the past, I'd say, let's say six weeks. Let's call it around six weeks. Yet the Lakers have played some of the worst basketball outside of the NBA Cup in that six-week span. So here, let me hear your thoughts on my friend on why AD is just, and also LeBron for that factor. LeBron, 25-7-7 and with 40% three-point shooting. We're getting all or a great deal from what we're getting from those two top players. How come we're still not getting it done, my friend? Because we only have those two players to rely on. That's the biggest issue. Uh, I agree with Joe in his sentiment that we need a third player. I disagree with Joe thinking that's all we need in order to be successful. I think that as uh, both you and Joe have pointed out, we have a lot of one-way players. I don't think you can go all the way with playing a lot of one-way players extended minutes. Um, We we need playoff rotation players. One-way players are not playoff rotation players. Playoff ro- the What makes someone a playoff rotation player is you can rely upon them to some level on both ends of the court, and we just don't have a lot of that. Uh, it's, you know, can Cam hit his threes tonight? Can Vando stay on the court defensively tonight? Can it, it's, it's a question any given night. I think you know, some major changes need to happen, but yeah. And it's unfortunate because our two best players are playing pretty great, especially AD, like you mentioned, he's playing as, I I mean, I would, I haven't looked at the lines or anything, but I'd assume he's the defensive player of the year favorite at this point in time. Um, He's playing at a phenomenal level. I mean, his defense ultimately, I think, and a lot of crucial moments was what kept us in this game was AD's defense. Like he. Uh, very reminiscent of last year during the final 20-game stretch where we were trying to make the play, and uh, AD is what got us there uh, because of the defense. And I think tonight the only reason we got as far as we did and kept it as close as we did was because of the defense of AD. Uh, That was a catalyst for a lot of things. So I think we're fools to squander this if you're the Lakers and and their management and their coach – this you you have two amazing talents that are, are playing excellent. Uh, you have them healthy, which is not always a guarantee. And as they're playing healthy, as they're playing great, I mean, your record is still like 500-ish. That's, that's not good enough. You need to be taking advantage of what they're giving you. Uh, and the Lakers haven't been able to do that for a, a myriad of reasons, but it's extremely frustrating. Um, and, Probably, I mean, frustrating for those two players, right? If you're giving your all every single night and you don't have enough help to get you over the hump to win these games at a consistent level, uh, I'm sure they're having thoughts in the back of their head of like, why why am I exerting this much effort in a regular season game when we're not getting the results of wins? Uh, I mean, I'm sure those thoughts are creeping into the back of their minds. So it, it's frustrating. You, you, you can't 
let talent like this just fall by the wayside and, and just be good enough to get to I'm, – I'm sick and tired of play-ins. Uh, I think they're a dumb concept to begin with, but the fact is they exist and we can't change that. And we're playing like we want to go back there for a third time. Um, the rest of the team needs to pick it up. LeBron's made crucial mistakes down the stretch. I agree with that. But as a whole, LeBron and AD are the only reason we're, you know, getting any wins this season. Um, I think that we we have to ask more out of the supporting players. Uh, and we're however many weeks in, this is the 11th week or something, uh, and we haven't seen consistency from a whole lot of them. So I think that calls for uh, some sort of change. <clears throat> Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching us. If you're a new viewer or if you haven't been on here very much, welcome. Truly appreciate you joining us. Please go ahead and like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break coverage. We unfortunately, for the first time in many weeks, could not go on yesterday, but we try to get you virtually every day the best coverage that's out there on the Los Angeles Lakers right here at the Lakers fast break. So please like, and subscribe so you can get that notification when we're going on with the latest Lakers fast break, but the Lakers do lose 108 to 106 reminder. The game tomorrow is on at 4 PM Pacific standard time, but Joe, let me get back to the game at hand today. One of the things that makes me continuously upset, you know, when we try or those that tried and for a little bit of a reason, I could tell you that I tried to defend Jared Vanderbilt, and also Cam Reddish being in the starting lineup. But even I admitted that their offense is just really making it harder and harder for them to go ahead and stay in that lineup. Cam Reddish, give him all the credit in the world. Minimum salary contract. I thought he was going to be a 13th guy. He's playing much better than that. And you know what? I hope he stays in the rotation. But obviously, your shooting guard cannot get you five points a game. And you expect to do much with it, no matter how well he's playing on the defensive end. And today it wasn't all that great because Edwards seemed to blow by Vando and Reddish at key opportunities. So I ask you this, my friend, Vando is the one I really want to go ahead and talk about in this stretch. Jared Vanderbilt is absolutely petrified when he goes to the lane, when he gets into the key, when he goes up for a layup or a dunk, it is absolutely just nerve-wracking to see him do it it's an adventure each and time out each and every time out your thoughts on what we need to do because if you don't have them in there you seem to have what ham loves as far as russell and and who, who had a bruised tailbone by the way he suffered a bruised tailbone and was out of the game and is now questionable for tomorrow night's game and also austin so i don't know you either have one or the other like you said what are you going to do if that's the case it doesn't really matter anymore in terms of the talent that's available, there's nothing we can do. But what you can do is stop giving Vanderbilt the ball in crucial moments to make a layup. It's almost like saying, this might not be a good analogy, but is if, if, if you have a child that continues to climb things, let's say, and is in danger of falling and getting hurt, do you continue to have things that they can climb in and around them? Whose fault is it at the end when you know that that's the case? At some point, the adult needs to take responsibility in knowing that this child is going to hurt themselves, remove whatever they can climb on 
or you're going to have to deal with what happens afterwards. This situation is, is it's just not a good decision on LeBron James's part in giving him the ball at that moment. This is not the first quarter, the second quarter when you're up one or down two. You cannot make that pass. It's better to go and you miss the layup. I'd rather watch James miss layups than Vanderbilt. You're the guy making $50 million a year. You're more than likely to make those versus him. These are bad decisions, and these are coming from your best players. I can't. I can't sit here and harp on, on Cam Reddish making the minimum, Vanderbilt making what? Eleven, uh, eight million, ten million, whatever, yeah. and really that 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 extension had nothing to do with the fact that they wanted to sign him to that extension for for any long period of time. That's a, that was strictly a trading piece because that's how the NBA is set up. So I can't I can't sit here and harp every every day. Well, why can't why can't Darvin put Vando here or Cam Reddish here or 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 Austin Reeves here? I mean, I mean guys, you you got to get realistic too with this, okay? You got to get realistic. You know, at some point, this 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 life that we live, it's going to tell you after a while what's going to happen, and what's likely going to happen. We know already, and right now, the Lakers do not have enough two-way players, even decent two-way players. So the difference between, let's say, what you had in the past that that worked versus now. Okay, you had let's say uh, Alex Caruso. Phenomenal defense all game long. Played about, you know, 25 minutes. Timely threes. See, he hit timely threes. He wasn't a great, quote-unquote, great three-point shooter, but he hit timely threes. KCP, another guy that played good defense, hit timely threes, but he was more of a streaky shooter. So sometimes he'll go two weeks where he's really helping you, and then, of course, he'll hit the skids a little bit after that. But once you got him hitting, he would be, he'd keep hitting. But his defense was always there. And then you had Kuzma, let's say. Kuzma was a guy that we wanted to be, at least in my I, – I wanted Rashid uh, – I wanted uh, – God, my brain just went dead on on, on who I wanted. To, <laughs> what was his name? Uh, uh, Seattle Supersonics, Lewis. No, Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis, that's it. I couldn't say Richard. Richard Lewis, he had the, the body type of Richard Lewis, and I, I was hoping he could have a shot too, but he at least played defense when he knew he couldn't shoot. We don't have anybody that can define their role. It's either hit and miss or they're just missing. And then every now and then they'll, they'll hit. It's just not going to work, guys. It's not going to work in the long run. There's too much talent in the NBA, especially in the West, especially with Minnesota. So Minnesota has uh, Gobert, they have Cat, and they have uh, Anthony Edwards, Edwards yes. right? And those guys, I'm sorry to say, are going to be much more talented than anybody beyond uh, AD and uh, and LeBron. Uh, but this is all compounded, too, on the fact that there's bad decisions being made, not only uh, on the coaching staff in critical moments, but also your main ball handler. Uh, I, I, it sounds like I'm getting on LeBron, but I'm not. I'm not getting on LeBron because we lost. This is a, 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 a longstanding issue with LeBron. And this, is, this has gone on before he became a Laker. It's a problem. He keeps making these mistakes. If 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 Darvin Ham can conduct a simple out of bounds play, then you all need to start figuring out with all your genius talk. See, that's the thing I, I don't like about hyperbole. Um, a lot of times it's bullcrap. It's bullcrap. Okay, I, I, I'm watching, guys. I'm not blind. 
and I know how to interpret things. I'm not seeing something and then imagining something else. I know a lot of the people out there do that. I don't because I'm a results guy. The results will tell you. Okay? So to keep it simple, to make it clear for those numbskulls that are watching this and not paying attention to what I'm saying, if you run a play tonight for LeBron and he shoots the ball and misses, I'm probably not upset because you're giving yourself a shot. He missed it. But he's not even giving himself a chance. Either he passes it out to the quote-unquote correct play or he's getting a ball 14 to 15 feet away on the run when there's 1.4 seconds left. Tell me, why? how are you going to convince me that that's smart basketball? Explain that to me. How is that smart? And I'm going by the fact that Anthony Davis is not dumb, right? If you call, if you tell me, hey, Anthony Davis made a mistake giving him the ball there, okay, I want to hear that. But I haven't heard anything. I've been kind of paying attention to the postgame stuff. I haven't haven't seen Jack squat about that. So if he made a mistake, fine. I want to hear it right away. Because it looks like it wasn't. It looks like that was the call. And if that's the call, you need to be called out and you need to somebody needs to question your brain. Because it keeps happening over and over and over again. If you're the head coach, you need to tell LeBron, if LeBron's too scared, tell LeBron, you're taking the shot. You're taking the shot. Go to the hole. Take the shot. Stop passing the people at the three-point line when you need two to win the game. Oh, instead, you reversed it tonight. You needed a three to win, yet you give the ball at the at, – I mean, it wasn't at the elbow or anything, but it was – you know, at the worst spot on the on the court at that moment. And this is this is where we're at. This is where we're at. And it, it's just it's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating. You can't you just can't get I feel like you can't get the simple stuff out. But again, if when pressure pressure changes everything in the end. And I believe at this point I'm starting to feel that pressure just isn't something that these guys can handle very, very well. Craving, I don't think that uh, we could make a move for Van Vliet and Brooks. I think those two with two of the biggest contracts on Houston. Uh, I don't think that we would want to go ahead and spend the resources in matching that because, yeah, that would probably not be the best thing for us going forward. But yeah, again, like the out-of-the-box thinking, so you never know. Again, with the Lakers, need to look to something as far as to add on to the team. We saw a big trade in the NBA today as OG Ananobi, Princess Achua, and Malachi Flynn went to the New York Knicks for Emmanuel Quickly and, of course, R.J. Barrett as well. So, Stone, let me ask you this on the basis of making moves or whatnot. Obviously, we can talk about that all the time as speculation. Finally, we see a big move or a semi-big move here in December. That really doesn't happen very much. With all that said and done, Let's say we go ahead and make some more changes. Is Darvin Ham, after tonight's performance, a coach you really want to go ahead and lay in on? We've been hard on him for weeks. We've been hard on him for months. We've been hard on him since he's pretty much started as Lakers coach right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We nicknamed him Pockets for a reason. Was tonight's loss also due in part to some coaching miscues as well? Uh, I mean, I don't think it can go a loss. 
and not say that at this point, right? Like <laughs> there, there's whatever loss we have, there's always some way you can blame Darvin Ham because he doesn't seem to really understand, you know, how to make everything fit together. Uh, I was talking about it on the playback live stream where uh, there's certain combinations of players you can and cannot play together in different reasons as to why you can and cannot do that. And Ham has been there for an extended period of time and still hasn't figured that out yet. So uh, I don't really understand why people are holding out hope that things might change with him. Uh, we've had a year and a half or not a year and a half, but a year and some change, I guess, to determine that ham is not championship material uh, and holding out hope for him is fruitless because uh, we don't have time, first of all, to wait and, and make and wait for him to develop into that. Uh, and I just don't really think he can. So there's kind of no point in having him as our coach, even though that's not going to change. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm at the point, Gerald, where I'm I'm skeptical that no matter what changes we make to the roster, that we can win of, of, uh, all the series that we need to, including a finals, in order to get a championship with Darvin Ham as our coach. Uh, and that's kind of a depressing realization. Um, but I just, I don't know because you coaching matters. It, it really does. And historically you can look back however many years, multiple decades and you, every coach has been at, at the very least above average for that year. And, and we do not have that. Uh, and it's it's crucial and it's hurting us. Uh, how much that can change with roster adjustments, it's to be determined, I guess. But uh, ultimately, ultimately, I think there's a strong argument to make that a team is only as good as the coach. That I mean, I think that that's an argument someone can make and is worth listening to. And it's an argument that we would fail at because – our coach is not good. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how we change it. And I don't know if there is a change that can be made to, to get us to where we need to be. And it's, it's depressing to think about in all honesty. Once again, the Lakers do lose 108 to 106. They will be back tomorrow in less than 24 hours, Joe, against new Orleans. And that's something again, that's going to be a problem the way the NBA scheduling has it laid out. You now have a LeBron who just celebrated his 39th birthday. He is under the weather. Uh, he did get it out tonight. You have AD grabbing his hip each and every time out that he got hit. D'Angelo Russell bruised tailbone, so we don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. The Lakers, in less than 24 hours, are expected to go ahead and face off against the New Orleans Pelicans. They have faded to ninth in the Western Conference. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better before the year's up, my friend. No, it doesn't. Unfortunately, uh, it's looking like the Lakers are going to finish the year at 500. I mean, they could still win. They could still win. I'm not, I'm not saying that there isn't a chance tomorrow. And for someone who was under the weather, I thought LeBron played pretty decent. Yeah. With all, you know, in, in, in terms of, he started oh. out kind of invisible out there. He didn't do very much. He wasn't very active, but he, well, that's not, he got that's going. Not something, that's not something, for, for those who don't know, uh, 
all you know, guys in his position, I've I've seen it for years in the past where the star player sometimes lets the 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 offense kind of get themselves together, and they'll but you ease can their see way in his in. mannerisms and his just he he looked like he was under the weather tonight, Joe. Yeah, it, it, but great you know great players will usually kind of let the team get get into a flow before they start uh, going kind of full full throttle. It's just it's a it's a way to set up the team uh, for the for the I guess for the end. <laughs> But uh, I do want to I do want to mention something before I go on here. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of new faces here tonight. Uh, welcome everyone. Uh, I, unfortunate that you guys had to see a little bit of negativity here tonight, but unfortunately, uh, we've gotten no. We didn't get we didn't get a lot of material here for us to really <laughs> talk about positive stuff. Unfortunately, uh, this this game in general. With the officiating and obviously some some just terrible decision making, we have to call uh, as we see it, and that's something you guys, if if, if some of you guys are first timers, uh, we don't really uh, we speak just as well when they're playing well, but we're pretty vicious when they don't play well, and recall we also, it like we see it. Correct, and and I want I want I want it to be clear that even when you lose, there's a there's a there's a correct way to lose. The correct way is you lose because the other team played better than you. You know, that happens. Or you just miss the shots that night. And that's usually how this is supposed to work. But the problem with the Lakers is there's too many self-inflected wounds that they create for themselves by making bad decisions that they don't have to. And for me, if you don't have two and three different calls out of the timeout that can allow your you know, regardless of what the team looks like, two of your starters are all-time greats that are still balling. That should be enough for you to devise something to allow those guys to be competent, to, to, to make a play in moments like this. That's why you pay them the money you pay them, and that's why they're all-time greats. And when those things are not happening, it has to be the coach's fault. There's no other way. Now, if LeBron's making bad decisions on top of that, it's your job to say, stop passing the ball to someone else, get to the hole. And that that's something that really needs to be discussed. Needs to, we need a bullhorn on that. But uh, unfortunately, we're not in a position yet. Hopefully soon, uh, as more people like you come onto the show and, and give us a bigger platform, uh, maybe down the road we'll be able to, to have a big enough of a, of a, of a of a signal to explain, you know, to, to, to make that apparent. But um, as far as tomorrow, um, you know, I, I'd like to think that they're going to be competitive. Uh, I hope they're not tired, but uh, you know, you never know. You know, I know it's before the new year. I don't know. We're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, life collection gaming. Hold on a second, guys. Let me see if I can answer this question. If the Lakers had Eric Spolstra or, Greg Popovich with this roster, do you think they would go to the finals? Uh, I would say probably, yes. Uh, I, I'd i say for sure Eric Spolstra. Uh, Greg Popovich, he's Greg Popovich. I know, you know, he's you know still one of the all-time greats. But I, I do believe Popovich might be overrunning his stay. Uh, I, think, I think he should have probably retired uh, after, uh, I'd say probably... Two years ago, 
I think that was probably a good spot for him to go. Uh, I know Gerald liked uh, Becky Hammond to replace him. Uh, looking back on it now, I'd say if she was going to get a shot in the NBA, that might have been the right time. What, what do you uh, have to lose, Joe? What do you have to lose, really? There, that, there that, are four, what, five wins, five and 22 I, or whatnot? Yeah. I, I'm gonna, I have a theory that I don't think Buford and the gang thought that she was ready or well, apparently would, that was the case. Yeah. Would be ready because that, that, that was starting to go that route. You could kind of see the grooming and I'm like, okay, they're probably going to give her a shot over there. And you know, that that's one spot where you could probably, uh, you know, give her a shot and, and not have her completely fail, you know, cause the NBA is, is brutal to coaches. It's absolutely brutal to any coach really 90% of the time. Uh, Spolstra. Spolstra is guided by Pat Riley. And we don't really have a Pat Riley. <laughs> I'm not saying Spolstra isn't a good coach. But I, I think what helps Spolstra be productive is the fact that people are scared to deal with Pat Riley's wrath if they go beyond Spolstra. Well, we'll and see that's, what happens, yeah. It's, it's, it, it would be better than what we have now if I had to make an easy answer to that question. It would be much easier to just have those guys use their talents, and I think it would, be, it would work. But one thing that I do know is if, let's say, we had an Eric Spolstra as a coach, they're still, they'd still need a couple guys, uh, preferably one being a, a third scorer, a consistent scorer, and then obviously and maybe another like big that could – that could supplant AD to some degree so that he isn't killing himself. So it's to say that this is going to be a roller coaster ride here the next two, three months. You're welcome, Life Collection, and, and welcome again on the show if you haven't been here before. Um, again, I want to thank everyone for who's new here. It's been best part of tonight is the fact that I've, I've read eight new, new, new names on here. Uh, welcome. Um, and of course, Stone is here. You guys know how much respect I have for Stone, and obviously, the hardest working man in, in podcasting, which is Gerald Glassford. Uh, we're all, we're all, we're all, we care a lot. <laughs> you know, even if we weren't doing the show, we would still care. And that's where a lot of this comes from. It comes from caring. It's not to to be a jerk on some podcast to get listening people to to kind of like us no I, i'm you know you, you guys are going to find out very quick I, I don't i don't we don't really do that here you know I, I don't really need to get attention that way we're here to hopefully down the road become a voice for the lakers and for us to be competent at the same time too because there's too much incompetence out there we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. 
Once again, the Lakers do lose 108 to 106. Stone, uh, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and address something that Jefferson, and thank you, Jefferson, I truly appreciate a new voice as well uh, here in the audience, pointed out to me on Twitter that there's a video going around on Twitter, and I'm actually watching it as we speak in regards to uh, LeBron James looking very frustrated and annoyed at a play that uh, Ham is drawing up on the timeout. There's also been rumors that Austin Reeves has not been very happy with the allotment that Ham has given him because Ham's recent comments about not playing Reeves more than 28, 29 minutes a game. Uh, and then uh, talking about uh, playing Prince more than that, things of that nature, et cetera. Just a lot of things that are going on with Darvin Ham at this point in time. But your thoughts when you hear that, because as you get to this point where the team is barely above 500 and what most people consider underperforming at this point in time, I have a feeling you're going to start hearing more and seeing more of this in action where there's more discontent, where there's more the, the ham pep talk and the ham motivational stuff is not working. It's working less and less. That seat may become a little bit warmer here in early 2024. Just saying it's a possibility. And that's what's giving me hope, Gerald, uh, is that people love to say, oh, the GM, LeBron's the GM, he makes all the decisions. I don't think that's really the case for any player. I think superstars are consulted before decisions are made for teams, and with their blessing, certain moves are made, but I don't think that superstars necessarily run every aspect of teams. I do think LeBron's voice is still strong enough to where if he feels strongly enough that Darvin Ham should no longer be the coach of the Lakers, that that might happen. Uh, and that's sort of what's giving me hope is if LeBron is discontent to the point where he, he just feels, I mean, we saw what happened with David Blatt uh, when he was in the Cavaliers. Le LeBron is who changed that coach. Uh, LeBron, I don't think often makes decisions like that, like people make him out to be, but I think he still has a voice loud enough. And if AD and the rest of the locker room were on his side, uh, that the Lakers would genuinely listen to that. I'd, at least I'd like to think so. And, and they would say, you know, our, our whole team, uh, no longer respects Darvin him as their head coach. Maybe we should make a change. Uh, and I think with, that situation and, and, you know, possibly some roster tweaks, we could be back to roster contention. I'm not holding my breath for it, but um, I think that uh, that's, that's what's giving me the slightest bit of hope at this point that I'm grasping onto is that uh, LeBron still has a say uh, in his old age that maybe that's enough to, to let go of him. Uh, that's the only thing I say. Like I agree with Zangerstein, the fact that you know there's still so much time and money left on the contract. But Zangerstein, to hold out hope for, like Stone says on that, maybe LeBron's voice at 39 means a little bit more, and that the Lakers, if he goes to the right spot or goes to the right person, whether it be Rob or higher, you never know. Uh, you will see if LeBron, if he does become dissatisfied, has real sway in the Lakers organization. And if Darvin Ham's voice becomes a little bit less tolerable, you're going to start seeing some rumors uh, being flowed around there a little bit more and more. But, you know, again, I really just don't want to say it now for sure because it's just some things I'm seeing, though. You know, Jefferson pointed out that video. 
uh, the talk about Austin Reeves possibly being upset after his comments and, and way he's patterned out for Austin Reeves, his rotations, and obviously, ultimately, the fact that the Lakers are barely above 500 and ninth place in the Western Conference, that ultimately means the most right now. And that's his performance, and he's not, it's not getting it done, if that's the case. But, Joe, uh, any last thoughts on this before we head on out, my friend? As far as uh, Darvin Ham? Yeah. <laughs> I, we're, we're not going to be able to solve this problem this year, unfortunately, folks. Uh, the Lakers would have to have a ready coach, someone that would demand respect and have the respect of guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone out there, unfortunately. And the only way you get beyond the Darvin Ham deficiency is is – Rob's going to have to somehow figure out a way to get talent here. And that means Jeannie's going to have to make a commitment to relinquishing draft capital and possibly money. There's going to be talent available here in the next month and a half. It's a matter of will, will they risk getting that talent and paying that money to talent and giving it a shot? Because there's obviously a, a way where it might not happen still. So that's usually the fear is, are we going to go after and get somebody that's got a big ticket in terms of pay? And are we going to uh, are we going to be able to use that talent and win it? Because again, I'm going to say this again: the Lakers don't win the suit. The, the 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 they don't win the NBA championship. It's over. Like this is a a, a, a lost season. Doesn't matter if they go to game seven, it's a lost season. Every year you don't win a championship with Anthony Davis and LeBron James is a lost season. And that's where we're at. And I just don't know. Uh I don't know any other options, life collection. I I I, I don't know of any. Uh Terry Stott was is the only coach I that I know that has that was a head coach for a good amount of time that's available. But I don't know if he's the guy that you'd want to replace. I don't know if he would command the respect uh, of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I don't know if that would work. Uh, I've I had discussed uh, coaches in the past that I wanted, but th- that those guys are not going to be available anyways. You have to like get Jay lucky Wright. with with maybe like a Will Hardy or some young uh, the 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 coaches like Chris Finch. Or like the coach in Oklahoma City, some young guy that just. Is, but see, you know, the, the young guys like you know, let's say Will Hardy. Let's use him as an example. You know, he's coaching guys that are uh, likely gonna listen. There, there's really no star in Utah. Those guys Chris are more Finch, apt- though, doing a good job in Minnesota. Uh, you know, at some point, at some point, guys like Carl Anthony Towns, and obviously Rudy Gobert, you're gonna have to start cleaning your act up because they've been causing issues in terms of winning for so long. At some point, those guys, certain guys will be like, Oh, look, man, I I better start listening. Otherwise I'm going to get blamed for this. I can't keep blaming uh, Jimmy Butler's and, and ex coaches to the point where, okay, well, all those guys are gone and you're still here yet. You still lose it. So this is the first year Minnesota's actually playing above their heads. And you, you have Anthony Edwards, who's, kind of the engine, if you will, as well. But I'm still, I, I, I'm, I'm still not sold on Anthony Davis. I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns as number ones. They could win together, 
but I don't know if that's going to be enough in terms of the long, long, long run. And whoever their coach is, you know, again, I. I'm, well, Ham's not a young coach. Life says, please, no more young coach. He's probably saying no more inexperienced coach. It's, it's very difficult. That, that This is a difficult. It's very difficult to coach in the NBA in general. There have been plenty of coaches, plenty that are really good coaches that don't make it in the NBA because, I mean, look at Monty, Monty Williams. Let's, he's a decent coach. He can connect. He's a communicator. But obviously in Detroit, there's an issue with some talent there. Obviously, the, 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 the culture there is really nothing. Uh, Detroit. It's funny because it, they're saying, oh, bring back Vogel, bring back Vogel. Well, he's kind of busy, <laughs> A, but B, his team isn't doing much better than the Lakers right now. Well, Vogel, not getting rid of Vogel for, for, for Darvin Ham was as stupid a decision as you could have made. Like, if you were going to, if you were going to fire disagree. Vogel, I would like to think that you were going to upgrade the coaching, but they didn't. They actually might have made a, a lesser move initially it was uh sounded like a or looked like a, a lateral move but there was so much disrespect so much disrespect for for frank i it was pretty pretty sad actually you're talking about again you're talking about a guy that helped guide your team to a championship and you treated him like worse than ty Lu when you were offering him a three-year deal when he wanted a five-year deal and then of course you keep hearing the same thing Oh, we should have got Lou. We should have got Lou. So, you know, you everybody, everybody's a genius after the, after the fact. Okay, we didn't. They wanted Lou. He didn't want to come. Go ask him why he didn't come. You know, at the end of the day, it it still has. You know, I'd I'd like to just stick to the basics here. You know, you got Anthony Davis and you have LeBron James. How about can you just do some basic? stuff or or are you that bad are you that bad at decision making as a, as a as an organization when it comes to leadership or is lebron and ad really bad behind the scenes i, I don't think those guys would be bad behind the scenes i mean lebron back in the day was kind of a kind of obnoxious he wanted sponsor fired he obviously did what he did to to blatt but in the end you know that same ego that they have is what makes them great. That's kind of the double-edged sword when it comes to, especially the NBA. You gotta, you gotta be able to tap into that. So, I, I don't know what the solution is at this moment, folks. Other than the basic answer in terms of what can you control at this point? You can't really control the coaching. I guess availability out there. That's just there's just nothing that I see out there. Yeah. So we're going to have to stick with Ham the rest of the way. Uh, Whether we like it or not, because, yeah. you know, you know, the Lakers penny pinch when they can. And that's the problem. They they splurge on some things, but don't go all the way on the others. And, and sometimes it comes back to bite them in the ass in regards to the contracts that they sign, uh, not for their star players, but the ones underneath. And we see what's going on with the coaching right now as far as it's concerned. They go cheap on the coaching, and unfortunately, that's what you get. Well, at the end of the day, the reason why they go cheap on the coaching is because it's such a crapshoot on who's going to be good. They're not doing their homework. You look at – I'll use an example. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was an unmitigated disaster in New York, right? You know why he was a disaster? I'll tell you why. 
a man in his position, you, did you really think Phil Jackson, after all that he did, was going to go fly to high school gyms or sit and watch 13 hours of film like, like Stone did? No. Well, how the hell is he going to do his job? Now, to correlate that with, with someone like Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss, are they going to do that? Are they going to go and really dissect and see what coach is going to work here? No. And that's why they keep coming up lame on coaches because they're getting Luke Walton, Byron Scott. I mean, they fell. The, the, the hilarious part about Frank Vogel is he was the third pick. They didn't really pick him. He fell on their lap because Monty Williams and Ty Luce said no. So they, they, that's probably why people hate the Lakers. They fell like, he they he fell on them, and they ended up winning a championship with them. It wasn't even their first or even their second pick. The Lakers, as great of an organization as they have been, and they have been great, there's one spot they have been dreadful, and that's coach picking. Absolutely just, and I don't count Pat Riley and Phil Jackson as picks. Those are, that's like somebody who gets the first overall pick. You didn't, you fell in that. Yeah, that that was there, you know. Kurt Rambis wasn't doing Jack. Del Harris wasn't doing Jack. Here's Phil Jackson takes a year off between '98 and '99, and here he's available, wants to coach, and you get him. Pat Riley, he's replacing some guy who apparently decided he wanted to run the half court offense versus a fast break with Magic Johnson. They didn't pick those guys. They fell in their lap. Maybe John Cudla back when they were in Minneapolis in the Minneapolis days, and maybe Bill Sharman. I'll give him Bill Sharman. Bill Sharman was a was was a a focused pick back then. Jack Kent Cook, the great Jack Kent Cook. <laughs> that was the last time the Lakers picked the coach with some kind of preparation and kind of understanding of what they what they needed. So, you know, again, guys, I, I long story short, I know I've run my my run here a little or run a little too long here on on this particular subject, but. The Lakers, in, in terms of what they can control right now, uh, they have to bring in some talent here between now and February. If they don't, it's it's Dunsky. They'll, they'll, they won't make it out of the second round. They might win the first if they're able to, let's say, get a fifth seed or something like that and upset a team. But they ain't beating Denver. They ain't beating Minnesota in a seven-game series. They're going to struggle at that point. Um, and that's just the way it's going to go. Can I bring something real quick to your attention? Course, yeah, I was going to go to you. Final thoughts, my friend, before we head on out, man. No worries. Uh, a major issue with this coaching thing is look at all the names you mentioned, Joe. What do they all have in common? Lakers ties. That Genie has Lakers nepotism. It's If you have a connection to the Lakers, that's who they want. The interesting thing is you're talking about uh, – who who the last coach was that won us a championship. If you look through the past 14 years, the only coach that won us a championship in the last decade and a half has been someone that does not have a connection to the Lakers because you cannot, I'm not saying if you have a connection to the Lakers, you can't win. I'm saying if you, you have to look past that. You have to look at people that are smart and ignore any past connections and ties they have. If you, are smart and good at what you do, that's what should get you the job, not if you have any former ties to the organization. And the last coach 
that you you can argue again. I'm sorry, guys. For those of you who have been you know first time watching this, guys like Stone, me, and of course Sean uh, Grice, we're, we're history buffs. We pay we pay attention to this stuff. Bill Sharman was a Celtic. They brought in a Celtic because at that time they're like, man, we got to get whatever Bill Sharman knows in terms of tapping into this issue that they kept losing when it mattered. And, you know, there's a line in, in, in the show Entourage, and I'll leave it at this and then let, let Stone finish up his, his bit. There's a great line, absolutely great line in the last episode. Ari Gold is the big agent guy there, right? And one of the characters on the show, I don't want to obviously uh, do a spoiler in case you guys haven't watched it, but he says something to Ari. He goes, and you're always right, Ari. And Ari was always right in the, you know, seven years that, of that show, eight years of that show. And the, in all this excitement and all this stuff going on to end the show and everybody's happy, Ari's response is, until I'm wrong. So if, if there's a lesson to be taught, it doesn't matter how many times you're right before. You have to look at every situation as its own situation. And sometimes going for what worked before might not work on that ninth time. And if you're looking at recent history, you're looking at Byron Scott, Luke Walton, you know, ex-Lakers, Darvin Ham, ex-assistant. You, you're not, are they not seeing that they're not working? Ex-guys are not working. Do some homework. You're doing all the scouting stuff for these guys in the second round, but you're not doing it for something that's so important to winning, which is the right coach. The reason why Frank Vogel was the right coach when he came was because you gave a defensive-minded coach who was phenomenal on that side of the court, you gave him the best tools to be successful. You gave him, in my opinion, the best defensive big in the league, and you gave him three phenomenal perimeter defenders that's what's how this should work and that's that's all i got once again this is the lakers fast break stone any last thoughts before we head on out my friend my last thought is that i've been having a lot more of these to cope instead of to celebrate and i'm tired of it that's my final thoughts i hear you on that my friend but great to have all these new faces here truly again Thank you for taking the time out of your day from whether you're new or whether you've been here for a while, doesn't matter. You get no less. Thank you. And congratulations and appreciation from all of us here at the Lakers fast break, please like, and subscribe. It really helps us out to get to a larger platform for us here at the Lakers fast break. We're truly trying hard each and every day. I know we missed yesterday for the first time in months. We truly do not want to do that. It was absolutely unfortunate for us to do so. So we are committed to try and be here as many days as we can, giving you the best Lakers content that's out there at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrell, Stone Hansen, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Arthur says, can the NBA overturn the call against the LBJ? I mean, the Lakers can protest on that, Arthur. Excellent question. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, Joe Stone, let me get you back on here for real quick. I don't know if they what that will do if they overturn it because they're still going to be down by one, correct, guys? How I mean, would it really play into the actual ending of the game? 
they they can't overturn it. It can come out in the last two minute report. And if the late if the league stands by the call, the Lakers can file a grievance, but that's not going to overturn the result, unfortunately. So the most the Lakers can do is file some sort of grievance and get uh, one it, point. Yeah, but it's not going to lead to anything, unfortunately. Yeah, most likely not. I mean, it still would only get them one point closer, and that's not quite enough, Joe Stone, I don't believe. Here's another thing I'd like to be done, for God's sakes, for all that that, that is holy, enough of the 10-minute reviews. You had a very good game, a competitive game. If you're not a Laker fan or a Minnesota fan, you're probably watching this game going, man, this is competitive. It's not a bad game on a Saturday but Jesus, you got this flow. You got things going on, and you get ten minutes. We saw the play. Just we made an assessment in five to ten seconds. Hurry the f up. Adam Silver desperately needs to stop this. Like they need, there needs to be letters sent to him, like something. This is getting out of hand now. At this point, they're destroying the flow of the game. Absolutely destroying it. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. They do lose 108 to 106, but we will be back tomorrow. Pre-game, playback, post-game. We're bringing it all to you. Remember, it's an early start time for everybody out there on the West Coast. 4 p.m. Lakers have less than 24 hours to go from one to the other. They're going to be in New Orleans to end out 2023. Hopefully they can end 2023 on a good note. Kurt Affair says it best. All you new folk out there, like and subscribe on your way out, please. It does help us here. Trying to get on a bigger platform here as far as YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Follow us on uh, wherever you can on social media. But it is all greatly appreciated. Thanks so much again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow for more great stuff that we got for you planned right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.